As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. It's Friday night. It's still number one. It's the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. I'm not Matt Egan, and I'm most certainly not editorial director here at IDG UK, but I am a human, a human with just enough sense of how to breathe continuously so as to avoid death. And therefore, (laughs) I'm able to bring you the spikiest of audio pineapples, just close enough to your ears for you to hear the call of the juicio audio fruit within. (laughs) In the absence of our spirited songmaster general, I am Henry Burrell, staff writer at These Here Shores, and I've rustled up the courage to bring you an audio platter on which to feast. But first, what's on the menu? We've come to dine at an audio restaurant run by the tech chefs at PC Advisor, Macworld UK, Techworld and Computer World UK. So as I awkwardly take your coats and lead you towards your 40 minute audio dining experience, are the suspicious looking fellows in the room with me the waiters or the customers? (laughs) I'm happy to tell you, listener, that they are neither. And they are in fact our starters, mains and dessert. And I for one can't wait to eat them all. For starters, I am happy to serve a fresh bowl of Lewis Painter, staff writer at PC Advisor and Macworld UK. Hello. For mains, I prepared a generous serving of the hearty Christopher Manassian, staff writer at PC Advisor and Macworld UK. This is genuinely amazing. <laughs> and for the dessert that you order, even though you're full, it's sugary Chris Martin, uh, consumer tech editor at PC Advisor. Bonjour. <laughs> this week, if you compare it, we're chatting Pokemon Go iOS betas, and PlayStation. I hope you've packed your Ultra Balls, and if you don't get what I mean, then you're probably cooler than us. If you've ever wanted to be the very best like no one ever was, and on top of that, if you're certain that to catch them all is your real test, while at the same time to train them is your cause, (laughs) then not only do you hold very vague life ambitions, but you'll also be excited to learn that you can now catch them all like never before on your smartphone. Chris Martin, please explain. What is Pokemon Go? And will it catch on, or is it just a fad like uh, Bebo, Moonboots, and Lewis Hamilton? Okay. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton? Um, He's a fad. Okay, Pokemon Go is the latest Pokemon game, um, and it's not for Nintendo consoles. Okay. Uh, it's not for the 3DS or anything like that. It's for your phone or your tablet. So and... this is the first time we've seen Pokemon leave like a console and come to 
comes through an app store. Is this the first time we've seen this? Um, not as such. There have been some other Pokemon apps, um, but they've been like Pokemon Shuffle, which was kind of like... Um... Bad? <laughs> kind of like Bejeweled, but, oh, okay. but yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. Like Pokemon like, Pinball, like all those games. Kind of, yeah. 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 So there's been <clears throat> a few, but this is the first one which is actually, you know, catching Pokemon okay, so in you, the regular sense. So you actually catch them in the real world? Is that you what you actually do? physically go out with your phone into the world outside <laughs> of the building <laughs> in the fresh air and the sunshine okay. or the rain here. It's quite like gaming, isn't it? Outside? <laughs> the game? Yeah. What? So you, you go out with GPS turned on yep. and um, they appear you need, before you. you need data as well. Of course, and of then course. as you walk around, um, you kind of... You have to look at your phone a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, you, you, like, I did it yesterday as we went out to an event and um, almost died a couple of times. <laughs> so you need to be very careful because it's like, it's almost like using a sat-nav, but you're looking for Pokemon instead of getting directions. Okay, cool. Um, Which is infinitely cooler, yeah. obviously. <laughs> so basically, yeah, you go around and every now and then, if you're kind of in the right area, you a po- Pokemon will pop up yep. and then you tap on it on the screen and then you can catch it. And you get like an augmented reality view of whatever you are looking at through your phone's camera, plus the Pokemon like on screen. So cool! You could be standing in Hyde Park, and a drowsy could appear, <laughs> and then you've got to catch him in Hyde Park. Cool. So I mean, I'm glad you said augmented reality there, because uh, I think augmented reality is taking a bit of a, a bashing in the tech press after the failures we could say, of something like Google Glass. So it's quite cool to see that something as accessible as Pokemon, are we agreeing, agreeing here, that is uh, now available uh, yeah. on your smartphone. But I'm pretty certain that it's not available everywhere. It's a beta. Is that right? Or is it sort of being rolled out slowly? I don't think it's a beta, but <clears throat> it's um, it basically it's on the Google Play Store, but mm-hmm. you, it doesn't come up if you search for it. And then if you can find it via like a link right it was just say not compatible with all your devices because they launched it in like australia and new zealand first oh, okay so, so it's only available in some countries at the moment yeah so we've managed to basically grab the apk which is the file for the app mm-hmm. and just sideload it on some devices so that we can play it okay cool does it cost anything will people have no, to pay for it it's free yeah um within app purchases what do they get? Yeah, pokeballs, pokeballs, and, and all gold sorts coins. Of, sort of, the important yeah, thing. Potions is that a thing? Lots of different. I play Pokemon Blue. <laughs> <laughs> can you uh, can you battle people in the real world, or is it simply just more of a collecting game? Like a lot of it's collecting, but there are battles. I haven't had one yet, so I can't really explain it much. But there are Fair. basically it's like going on Google Maps, kind of slash Street View, but in Pokemon <laughs> version. So, like, ages ago, Google and Pokemon Company did, like, this collaboration where you could go on Google Maps and, and discover and collect Pokemon. Oh, okay. But you yeah. had to, like, they were all, all 150 or 151 were in specific places on Google Maps around the whole world. Yeah, so, like, them. Yeah. in St. Pancras, there was a Pokemon, but that was, I think that was the only one, like, there. Yeah, well, there might, have been duplic- there might have been some <laughs> duplicates. So, so, I think that was a bit of a precursor to Pokemon Go. But, I mean, I, th- I know that you three game more than I do, um, but, I mean, do you play mobile games, Christopher? Are Not you... really, actually. Mobile yeah. games has never been something I do, but that sounds interesting. Yeah, See, I'm quite heavily into my mobile gaming, I think. Yeah, but have you ever <clears> seen anything like this before? Not really. No, because mm. it's, it's kind of different, because I think it's the first 
well, I mean, not obviously not the first, but it's, it's the first really popular game that's encouraging people to not only play games on the phones, but go outside and yeah. explore and actually walk around because you can't just sit at home catching yeah. Pokemon. So you're, you're forced <laughs> to go outside if you want to get any better at the game. It's pretty good. You have to no, go No, I like outside. it. Yeah. I think it's, um, again, I'm not much of a mobile gamer, but I mean, anything I have played, yeah, it's just like the console experience on a tiny screen, right? Which does have its limitations. Yeah. So do you think it's something we'll see more companies taking advantage of? I mean, it's a pretty clever idea. Um, but you, can you think of any other ways that that kind of technology might be used? Geocaching? I don't really know a lot about geocaching, yeah. but I imagine some kind of augmented reality geocaching would be pretty cool. So kind of similar to Pokemon, but instead of Pokemon, you find other bits and bobs wherever it could be like yeah. like a discount or like a shop or something. Like, you know, like if, if companies are kind of investing in it, you could find discounts for clothes and crap like that. Okay, well, so for the listener, like uh, geocaching is basically like orienteering, right? But with a phone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. You, well, you go and find a physical box, Yes, I think, and then you see what's in it. And I think you're supposed to leave, you're supposed to like take what's in it, mm-hmm. but then you're supposed to put something in for like the next oh. person who finds the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. I've never actually done it, but no. but basically Pokemon <laughs> Go is like geocaching, kind of, but for Pokemon. Okay, cool. And they're not real, sadly. Yeah, I've seen you play it, and I'll, I'll probably give it a download and, and do it myself uh, when it comes out. But um, if the listener's thinking this is their bag, how long do you think they're going to have to wait until it's readily available on, is it Android and iOS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's launched in the US now. Okay. So the UK can't be far behind. Like it is it's rolling out now. So by the time we publish this podcast it could be it could be out in the UK. It might not be. But it won't be very long. It'd be a matter of days at the most, I think. Okay, cool. Any last words on Pokemon? Obviously the place to find all the updates is with us at PC Advisor. Yeah. Well I, I think just playing it, I I thought well A I'm into Pokemon. Yeah. That would be <laughs> like what I did find was that it was quite a nice tour of London. <laughs> like, it kind of made me look at seeking like... Seeking out the green spots. Kind of, yeah. Like, and they they have placed Pokemon in green areas, so you've got mm. to go find a little park to kind of mm. like have a much better chance of one popping up. Um, and then um, there's Pokestops, which are <laughs> like in the in the in Pokemon you'd go to the Poke Center and buy like Pokeballs and go to the shop and buy stuff. Whereas in Pokemon Go, you basically use landmarks around you. Um, so the British Library over the road from our office is a Pokestop. And if you're in the vicinity, you can tap on it and then a little kind of circular like picture of the British Library comes up and you spin it. And then you get like items like Pokeballs. Okay, so they're cool. free. Yeah, it's like rewarding you for like exploring the place yeah. you're in as and well. And like yeah. even just walking 10, 15 minutes down the road, the the Pokestops were like some things I didn't even know were there. So it was kind of like yeah. a nice little tour. It'd be interesting to see whether or not cities are more populated or whether or you can just take this out, you know, sort of the edges, did, of, a, edges of a 3G uh, signal. I did and see use what it between the station and my house in Luton. Yeah, and there wasn't much going on. No, <laughs> so yeah, you're definitely better off doing Pokemon Go in cities. Okay, cool. But it must have just taken them ages to mm. to put all these Pokestops and yeah. everything. I mean, they've blatantly used like things like Google Street View and Google Maps to to do it all. Yeah, but they've had to individually, you know, create each one. So it must have taken a long time. Yeah, I think it's good to see. But and hopefully, it's. I'm uh, definitely going to avoid the like seventy nine pound. In app purchase, what's that? I, d- I think it just gets you like you know, probably like a million Pokeballs or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if you've got cash to burn and a smartphone, then uh, this seems to be your game. 
Okay, so that was Pokemon Go. I'm just going to ask around the table. Pokemon Go, 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 or Pokemon No, No, No? Christopher Manassians. Pokemon Go. Nice. Lewis Painter. <laughs> Pokemon Go, Go, Go. Can probably guess, Chris Martin. Pokemon Go, Go, Go. It's a Go, Go, Go with your Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right, coming up, <laughs> iOS. Much like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, most of us were handed an apple by one debatably serpentine Steve Jobs, and we took it, and it tasted good. And ever since, we've been basking in the warm glow of app-based sin. Is it wrong to get so excited about an iOS update? Christopher Manassians, what happened this week with Apple's iOS 10, and why should our beloved listeners be excited? I'd just like to stress how good these intros are. <laughs> Too kind. They're amazing. So, iOS. So, iOS 10 um, is in beta. Um, it was announced at WWDC. Uh, 2016, which took place on the 13th of June, if my fish memory remembers right. <laughs> <Yeah. that>. Details. <laughs> <laughs> um, so iOS was, uh, iOS 10 was released and, um, but that was only released to developers. Okay. It's still not out to the general public, at least as far as I'm aware. It should be out to, as, as a beta to the general public this month, because I said July. Um, it could come in August. So for any sure. listener who's not quite sure, for a software beta, what does that mean? And, um, is it sort of like an unfinished version of a product? Exactly. exactly. So we're, you to expect bugs, but it's a way for Apple to sort of canvas how it's going. Absolutely. So they've had like a few features. For example, they had um, they added like the folders, the way the folders look on okay. your on your uh, iOS app drawer, and they used to be glass looking. When you clicked on them, they have a glass sort of um, background. In iOS 10 and beta 1, they thought, we'll make it transparent. A lot of people complained. And now in beta 2, which just recently come out, came this out week, just right? yeah. literally this week, um, they reverted that change. So it's a way of Apple experimenting a few things. And then also Apple actually having people, well, at this stage, developers test and feedback to them to say, actually, this doesn't work. This could be improved. Why don't we work towards you know certain other features? There's always this long-standing um, rumor that we're going to have like a dark mode, which essentially switches the whole iPhone into like a, a black background versus a white background that okay. we're normally used to. And that is a certain feature that a lot of people are requesting, but hasn't been included in any of the beaters yet. Oh, right. See, it's interesting because tvOS has got a dark mode coming, exactly. and that was announced at WWDC. So it would make sense for Apple to announce the dark side, uh, the dark side, the dark side, <laughs> the, dark side. <laughs> the dark mode for the uh, for iOS at the same time. And I don't know whether it will, whether they're trying to make it exclusive to the iPhone Seven when it comes out, because this is what yeah. Apple usually does. You know, it will kind of have it exclusive for one product, and it makes you think you need that product mm. to get that thing. Uh, so it could be the same thing with dark mode. Well, I can't see why it would be because it's software only. It's, it doesn't require a lot of power. But and also, correct me if I'm wrong, but to me, dark mode, something like that, seems quite a minor feature yeah. for for an iOS. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's incredible, uh, really, that Apple can drum up so much uh, interest in in these betas. Is it the same as the one on like the OnePlus Three, where like menus and stuff are basically black instead yeah, of white? Essentially, exactly. Yeah. That. yeah, exactly. It's it's nothing it's too special. Been around on Android for. I would love it if Apple did uh, like a bit in a keynote and just went. Something, something dark. <laughs> <laughs> Tim and then moved on. Tim <laughs> Did, didn't address it at all. Yeah. Like, so, next up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just just to me, I mean, obviously they have to drag these things out for mm. developers in order to mm. make sure that they have the best kind of software available. Do you reckon that it's indicative that they 
rather than telling us exactly what we want, they have got to the point now where Apple is sort of saying, okay, we're going to try and keep the hardware a secret, but the, the software needs to be not open source, but it's like an open community, isn't it? They've become a lot more open in recent years. You know, the once upon a time, Apple were, you know, like the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> they had nothing went in, nothing went out. You couldn't find out anything. And then I think it was like the iPhone 4 started, leaks just started appearing everywhere for the hardware side of things. And then, yeah, the, the public beta of, uh, you know, uh, uh, iOS and macOS, as it's called now, um, yeah. really surprised me because, you know, Apple was, you know, one of those companies that are like, we don't want you finding out what we are planning until we're ready to show it to you. Mm. And it just seems like they've thrown that out of the window with this. Mm. I mean, I'm not complaining in any way, shape or form because <laughs> it gives nerds like me a chance to uh, play around with it before the public has a chance to. Um, and the, generally speaking, the public beaters are pretty stable compared to the developer beaters because... Apple knows, even though they tell you don't put it on your main device, you everybody's will. got to. Because who yeah. has a spare iPhone laying around? Is it? Apart from us. <laughs> Present company excluded. <laughs> True. Uh, no, that's, that, that's a really good point. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the, Apple always seems to introduce its new phones, but we kind of always guess or pretty much know exactly what's yeah. going to be on them. Um, do you think iOS 10 is going to make the iPhone 7 or whatever it might be called significantly better? Um, do you think the software does really make the difference and you think that they kind of are able to sell that improvement through uh, through the hardware through the excitement around a phone i mean i think that you know if uh, ios 7 was a huge change to apple wasn't it It was kind of you know complete redesign of the operating system essentially since it first came about and i feel like you know ios 8 ios 9 while they're pretty good they were kind of focused more on background updates kind of you know improvements to security battery life performance stuff like that and you know making the developers happy and yeah. giving them more extensions, stuff like that. Whereas iOS 10, I feel like, is another redesign for Apple. It's another consumer-focused um, software update where you get the new notification center, you get all the new widgets, you get all this new stuff, all this new sexy stuff. And I think that will that will help, um, but I think there will have to be some unique software features to push people to the iPhone 7. Well, one thing which gets me in iOS 10 is the it's absolutely massive for iOS users, but pretty standard for Android, is that you can remove pre-installed apps and you can a- remove apps that <laughs> are... It's quite a big thing. It's Apple, a massive thing for Apple. I mean, I've, that's one of the things that, like, on this iPhone right here, I've got, like, a folder 5S. of, like, 10... Yeah. The 5S, exactly. Fantastic. Thank you, David. <laughs> um, so this... Uh, it's got, like, a folder which has got, like, 15 apps in there, which I'm never going to use, but they're pre-installed and I have to have so, them. So, yeah, I think we reported this a couple of weeks ago. Can yeah. you actually remove... The pre-installed apps, it doesn't or is it hiding it, them? It doesn't actually <laughs> That's delete. The thing. Ah. So it stocks, which is similar <laughs> yeah. similar to some Android phones where you can disable the app, but they're still sitting in the actually, background. Yeah, so it, it doesn't actually free up the storage. See, the funny thing about this, but the weird thing is, I've heard that you do have to actually go and download yeah. them in yeah. uh, inverted commas. That's right. If you want them back again. So oh, you, Apple if, is effectively tricking you into thinking they're deleted, yeah. and actually they're not. Yeah. So you have to go through the whole process of going to the App Store and going and downloading one, but it won't actually kind of re-download it. I don't, it's a bit. All you're con- doing is adding a shortcut back yeah. to your home screen to the app, which is it's already quite installed bizarre. In that's annoying. That's kind so you're of not actually saving any space. That's what they perfected. Is that like when they dumped that U2 album on all our devices yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and no like, one no, downloaded no. it? Yeah, well, don't don't they that. probably don't amount to that much uh, storage. No, I can't imagine they do. No, well, not, it's more the it's more the actual having them clogging up the home screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because obviously iOS is just icons. Yeah. So yeah, like most, that, yeah, most the Apple Watch app thing there for those who don't have it, you can yeah. put it in the background, but it will actually still take up room. Yeah. So I suppose we're all hoping that the 16 gigabyte iPhone is no more. Oh, fingers yeah. crossed. That's what rumors suggest. Starting yeah. at 32. 
It's long overdue. Yeah. Because I think we will all agree that the iPhone is an expensive product, and even the lowest um, storage option, the 16, is, is expensive. So yeah. hoping 32, do you think? I'm yeah. hoping, I mean, if I'm being really cheeky, I'd hope for a 64. But we all yeah. know it's not going to start at 64. It's not going to start at 64, <laughs> but it, I think it's about time that it started at 32. 100%. Yeah. But... I mean, a lot of Android phones, you know, they ship with 32 gig storage now. Uh, standard. That's been they? standard for maybe even like yeah, a year or so. Back to like iOS, but there's, it sounds like there's lots of good new features coming. Yeah, definitely. But there's still some really basic stuff that I don't understand why it isn't there. Such as so like, uh, so I do use iOS. I've got um, an iPad uh, Pro, but like. When you bring up the control center, that's what it's called, isn't it, at the mm-hmm. bottom, with all the you know shortcuts to switch Wi-Fi off and on yeah. and mm-hmm. change the screen brightness, um, that you can't long press on anything to kind of to open the app. So all you can do is so Wi-Fi, for example, I change Wi-Fi network quite often, especially here in the office where you know one goes a bit bad, <laughs> so you like switch over to something else. But you can't. You, all you can do from the control center is switch Wi-Fi on and off. It doesn't even tell you which network you're connected to uh, you can't long press millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me get your personalized plan today at noom.com Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. To kind of open, you know, to kind of shortcut to that yeah. part of the settings menu to then go change the network, which o- just, those just things, weird. You know. Or even just a link in there to open the settings menu. It's funny you should say that, though, because... Didn't that just get added in the beta? 2? Oh, did it? Yeah. Yeah. That was just about to start. That's why I've got. <laughs> tell us. It, tell us. You, know, you can now you can now um, add three D touch quick action items. You can three oh. D touch them, but that is only a few settings. So you're still right. I know what you mean by but you need three D touch enabled. Exactly. So, so six, 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 six plus. Yep. Yeah. So, so not iPads. Nope. Yeah. So, so I'm still annoyed. <laughs> you're still annoyed. <laughs> yeah, but I, I see what you mean. Though. It, why does I, it? Why isn't it just long press on non 3D touch? Maybe it will be by the time it comes out. Yeah. Maybe. But then it, it's again, it's one of those software exclusive features that yeah. wants yeah. you to have to upgrade yeah. to the iPhone 6s at least. Be interesting for anyone listening if um, it's something that might annoy them. Um, because obviously we, we deal with these things every day and mm-hmm. um, some of us use Android so it's like a, it's something that we might be in sport with the little the little um, actions you use on your phone that are really convenient do you think consumers actually think wish I could long press Wi-Fi <laughs> or, or do you think they're just like they're just glad to have an iPhone and they love it it, what do you it think? might just be because I'm used to doing it on Android yeah 
but I, I kind of understand. Yeah, it's a natural sense, thing yeah. to want, but um, I kind of wonder the same thing. It's, it's, it's more when I'm explaining really nerdy things to my friends about iPhones and iPads and how to do yep, stuff. Yep, and they, blank just, looks. they stare at me completely <laughs> blankly. I'm like, okay, maybe I should just shut up now. Yeah. <laughs> That, yeah, I know what you mean. Actually, a lot. Of, I, I show people stuff on Android, and they're like, they have no idea you could do yeah. some of that stuff. And even like showing people shortcuts on Windows. Yeah, actually, yeah. One of my mates the other day, he uh, he lost his iPhone, and he he bought a, a OnePlus Two second hand. And we were at lunch, and he was just having to ask me. He was like, "How do I find my photos? How, how, how do you search?" He was like, "I can't drag down." And I was like, "Yeah, to me, I was like, you just go, yeah." But like, obviously, yeah, if people are trying to switch yeah. over for yeah. whatever reason, it can be yeah. very frustrating. So, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of added functionalities. Like you were saying in Android, one of the biggest things for me, I have the Honor Seven, and on the fingerprint sensor at the back, if you just scroll down on the you fingerprint sensor down, yeah. it opens up your notification tray or you yeah. swipe oh, up cool. it goes your app it's really clever it's so it's like smart a, it's, a, it's not just a fingerprint scanner it's a, basically a trackpad yeah mm-hmm. I don't know why nobody else has done that exactly yeah, it's, 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 I suppose they made one yeah. 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 yeah, it's a shame for these Android um, manufacturers who are obviously not as, not as popular as Apple that little innovations like that will just get lost yeah, yeah. and we're all sort of waiting with bated breath to a certain extent for the new iPhone. Um, <laughs> but what do you think it's really going to add? I mean, the only rumor I've really seen is no physical button, but to me that doesn't it's really, really, doesn't really matter. Really. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, while everyone was getting really excited for the iPhone 7 a few months ago, um, you know, the most recent rumors suggest that we're not actually going to see a redesigned iPhone this year. It's going to be the third year of the recycled iPhone 6 design, possibly with slight changes to the bezel, um, but they're just unconfirmed rumors at the moment. And of yeah. course, the, uh, the the changed home button. But I mean, I understand why with the home button, but it's more kind of on Apple's side than more on the consumer side because the home button does tend to break a lot. Yeah, So it's true. cheaper for them because if you have a static button that's detected, that's full touch enabled, um, it's one less part for them to replace when it breaks. And let's not be around the bush either. They'll still sell just as many. (laughs) Oh, yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, even if they get rid of the headphone jack, they're still going to sell as many. The biggest thing (laughs) will be the size. You think? So the plus model of the 6 and the 6S is just huge. Mm. For a five and a half inch phone, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, So not having the the button will significantly reduce the actual size of the handset. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of bigger screen phones with a a much actually smaller body, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that that'd be cool. I think we've we've covered a good a good chunk there of uh, of Apple and its latest updates. So hopefully, if you check back with Macworld UK, uh, you might be able to download it pretty soon. So I'm just going to go around the table. Uh, I oh yes or I oh no, Christopher Manassians. <laughs> Amazing. I or yes, <laughs> Lewis Painter. I oh yes, <laughs> splendid. Chris Martin. I. Oh no. oh no! Oh no! Okay, cool. Now we've got fly in the ointment. Brilliant. Okay, coming up after this short break, uh, we are chatting about PlayStation. As Jamiroquai once informed us, the future's made of virtual insanity. But as this makes little to no sense, the world seems to think the future actually lies in virtual reality. We used to go on holidays to far-off lands and throw ourselves from aeroplanes, but you have to ask yourself, what is the point if you can do it all in your front room on your PlayStation? Lewis Painter. You love VR more than life itself. So what's Sony doing about it? Love love the intro. <laughs> <laughs> Caught me off guard there. Yeah, no, uh, basically, Sony is releasing PlayStation VR for PlayStation 4. Okay. Uh, much like the Oculus Rift and HTC Vive for PC, um, 
the PlayStation VR will be powered by the PlayStation, which is interesting because, you know, um, the Oculus Rift and the HTC Vive require a pretty strong PC. So at least you drop in like a grand, right? Strong PC. A pretty strong (laughs) PC, yeah. You need need the arms, you need the guns to run VR. Um, But yeah, no, basically it means so you're paying between five and seven hundred pounds for a a VR headset for PC mm-hmm. and then you're paying out at least £800 I'd say for a, a decent <sighs> hefty, VR PC it? yeah so you're looking at over a grand for, for, for a VR setup whereas PlayStation on the other hand it will run on any of the PlayStation 4s that are out at the moment um, and you know it, it's it's half the price of the HTC Vive at £350 yeah uh, but it does require you to buy the PlayStation camera and the Move controllers separately Okay. So that is an extra added cost, we... which it didn't tell you about. Ah, the, sneaky. Uh, so do we do we know the price of the headset yet? Uh, yeah. So the headset's three fifty. Uh, you can pick up a PlayStation for about two hundred, <laughs> maybe even less. Pounds three fifty. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Uh, and then because um, the Move controllers are the one same ones from the PlayStation Three, they can pick they can be picked up in you know uh, CEX and game and stuff like that secondhand for like ten fifteen. So quid. that's already out. The camera. So they're already yeah. out. You can grab They've them and out, the yeah. camera as well. You can grab them. Okay. Uh, cool. Now already. So it's still an expensive venture for yeah. most people, but yeah. seeing as PlayStation 4s are sitting in quite a lot of uh, living rooms uh, all over the world, mm-hmm. do you think this is going to be uh, more successful than perhaps some of the more developerish yeah. um, VRs like the Vive that we've seen at the moment? Mm-hmm. So this, is, this is what I've been wondering myself. It, it, it provides more people with the opportunity to try VR, essentially. And um, I feel like it will do well. You know, um, in the US, the... the uh, day one pre-order sold out within minutes so you know you have, you've got the hype over there you know definitely and with playstation launching 50 vr titles on release day there's there's you know there's an abundance of content to choose from and they said they've got you know over 100 developers working on vr content to be launched um within the first six months of playstation vr hitting the market okay. so you've got a lot of content. A lot. yeah they've basically nailed it haven't they yeah like, <laughs> i mean yeah. it hasn't come out yet but like it's just a recipe for success oh yeah it's like so you know millions of people already have a playstation 4 which is ready to run it yeah and like you say you can pick up the extra gear on eBay for probably next to nothing because mm-hmm. no, not many people really use that the camera and the move things, no. um, you know, regularly. And then you know, all add, the content uh, adding, you know, for for most people that are into their gaming and their playstations, like three hundred odd quid for the headset isn't going to be mm-hmm. too bad if they're really into it. And with the promise of loads of titles, yeah. And the uh, fact that it's, it's it's released in October, so which means it's ideal for Christmas. Comes out just yes, classic, so. classic, uh, <laughs> classic. So classic it's like they've done this before. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that there's other VR headsets like the Vive that are way more expensive, yeah, just that makes it such it's a surely it's just going to make it seem even better. I mean, it's kind of like when PlayStation Four just launched, uh, when it first launched. You know, you had this massive battle between PS4 and Xbox One, yeah. which Xbox ultimately lost because PlayStation undercut them on price by like fifty yeah. quid or something like that. I mean, I remember mm. they they did drop their prices eventually, but by that point. The damage was done. People went for the PlayStation because it was cheaper, because it provided them with something they wanted. And I feel like it'll probably be the same with the VR headset. You know, you've got something that's cut, you know, half the price of the Vive. You know, I, I used it uh, recently. It's yep. the the resolution of the headset isn't as high as the Vive, so you can't expect the same high quality, crisp VR graphics that you'll get with with the Vive in a powerful PC. But obviously, for half the price and a weaker console, you can't expect the same quality. And for what it is, I was actually really surprised. And, you get, really and you're getting a better library of games, you reckon? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Sony are really pushing uh, the development of games, of VR games, and they're all really varied and different, not just kind of your same sat in the car shooting out the window. You've got, 
Like, what, was, what, what did you play on it yesterday? Funnily enough, I was sat in a car shooting Shingle out the window. window. <laughs> 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 it's the uh, the London Heist, Cockney, Eastern Gangsters, really love right that kind of thing. Yeah, right on my street. Uh, it's really reminiscent of the Are old... Are you the main character? <laughs> you know, I was like, Is that me sat in VR? What? Uh, no, because it, it just reminded me of the old um, getaway games on my like PlayStation, PlayStation yeah. 2, really old school Cockney. Yeah, shoot maps. What do you reckon, Christopher? Like, I mean, you're a PC guy, but yeah. surely you, um, do you agree that you can see the attractiveness? For... Well, unfortunately, there's two problems that I have with PlayStation VR. Fight. This is, let's go. No, th- this <laughs> right, is what what, what, what so, this. So, okay, so let's the see. reason why, so on PC, you've got, say, £800 PC, right? Mm-hmm. And then someone's investing about four or £500 on the Vive. So the, mm-hmm. the, the VR bit of it is actually cheaper. And your PlayStation side, you've got £200 console. So someone's bought a console because they couldn't afford a PC or they just wanted it for convenience. Mm-hmm. And then they're spending more money on the VR side of it than they're doing on the actual console. Which, yeah, it's it's been popular. I just don't... I mean, it is less expensive mm-hmm. and it's more accessible. There's a lot of pros, as you mentioned, yeah. as, as we've just been talking. The problem I find is that when the item itself is more expensive than the actual console and it's limited by its graphics. Like mm-hmm. you said, it's compatible with a few PlayStations, yeah. like PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4.5 Neo, and then the ones coming out in, in the future. It is always going to be limited. So for someone to really have a, a dip into the VR world, that's fair enough, but mm-hmm. they still do have to spend about 400 odd quid, I would say, for the, the motion controllers plus the VR, mm-hmm. let alone the VR games yeah. that they want to buy. That is the one downside to Sony. They really <clears throat> overpriced their games, yeah. generally speaking. But yeah. these, remember, these are people that spend a lot of their exposable income on this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And for anyone True. that's had a PlayStation 4 sitting around for a while and kind of not got, you know, kind of tailed off in their usage, mm-hmm. this would be like a really good excuse to. Get it back out. Like, be yeah. like, well, I've got it sitting there, so I'll, I'll get more use out of it if I buy this. Kind of, you know, justifying your expensive yeah. purchase. Yeah. I feel like uh, these are like people that own PlayStations are the kind of people that will just splash out on it. Yeah. Because they'll go, yeah. It's gamers. Like, it's a new thing. Like, you know, it's it's, it's, it's exciting. one of the biggest things since, you know, console gaming became a massive thing. Yeah. It's like the next step for some people. Well, that's how some people see it. It's the next step in gaming. So for those people... They're like, well, 350 quid for a headset that allows me to be in the game. They're like, yeah, let's do it. I think the other element <coughs> is the bragging rights because... Yes. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, well, stick that one on the tube. <laughs> you know, Xbox versus PlayStation has always been a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there isn't one for the Xbox. Nope. Yeah. So, True. you know, it's even more reason for all the PlayStation owners to go out and get one and be like, eh, we've got VR. <laughs> so, have... um, and it's, uh, the wider picture with Sony in general, um, I know, Lewis, you were writing about the PS4 Neo. Yes. Can you quickly run through exactly what that is? And yeah, will sure. that improve their VR experience? Or is it all part of the, you know, the, the juggernaut that is PlayStation? Well, basically, um, Prior to E3, there was all these rumours going around about uh, the uh, next generation PlayStation 4. I mean, it wasn't quite next generation, it wasn't the PS5, okay. but it was an upgrade over the standard PS4. Uh, because obviously console gaming, it, the, the console's the same since it was released. You know, there's no upgrades in hardware or anything like that. Whereas PCs and stuff like that, you know, they get yearly upgrades, they get better, the graphics get better, they get faster. And I think PlayStation wanted to do a bit of that, really. So okay. basically, the Neo is an upgraded PlayStation 4 uh, with... Uh, better graphics you know it's faster it should have more storage uh, not all the specs have been released yet but okay. they claim there's going to have 4k gaming which uh, i have so really confirmed excited. that this is a thing they well they don't actually come out right and say it, but the way they're talking about it in kind of certain interviews and okay. rumors and stuff like that it seems to be that it won't because xbox are also uh boasting 4k uh playback but i think it's only for movies 
Okay. So this is the Xbox One S. Yeah, the Xbox One S, which the, is which is confirmed or rumored. Oh yeah, this is this has been announced. At okay, E3. great, cool. So this this is coming out um, actually next month, Sweet. so in August, which is kind of a slightly odd time yeah. to release a new console, yeah. like, as in not around Christmas. Might be a bit panicky getting um, in there first. <laughs> so it is. It's basically smaller um, and lighter and thinner than the current Xbox One. Okay, um, and the power units inside the console. Which is nice for a lot of people, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it does support 4K, but it's only for like, you know, uh, streaming films and stuff. It's not for gaming. Okay, cool. I, th- I think Xbox have kind of shot themselves in the foot because mm-hmm. that Xbox One S is an upgraded version, and it's I think cheaper than the current Xbox One. Re- well, at least at the release price, not now. Um, yeah. And so the One S is another way of people going if they want to get into the Xbox console in the Microsoft world then they're going to be buying a 1S, which is great, but then it just kills off your whole one production line. So I've also got a bit of an issue <laughs> with the Xbox One S. Tell. Because, um, not, I mean, you know, the, the Neo is, is set to improve everything about the PlayStation, whereas the Xbox One S doesn't really provide much else, but they also announced Project Scorpio at the same time, yeah. which is GR next year, which is going to be a fairly impressive upgrade. But what they've done there, in my opinion, is that they've gone, look, we've got this amazing thing coming out next year, but for now we've got this. Is the One S going to be cheaper at, at launch than the original Xbox One was? Do we know that? Because I always thought, I mean, I, 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 as I said, don't game as much as you guys, but when I've seen slimmer consoles come out in the past, it's been generally unlike the new PlayStation, where the specs don't actually get bumped. It's just a smaller casing or yeah, something, and like that yeah. doesn't really matter when it's a home it, console. It's, it's basically like that. Yeah. So it, I think it's kind of pitched at anyone who didn't get round to buying an Xbox One now. Right. And then it's something, and then they don't feel like they're buying something that's really old and mm. like some Christmas boxes. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, it is. I, I'm kind of with Lewis. It's like it's a bit of an odd move. To be like, here's a new console. It's like kind of an upgrade in a few ways, but there's something way better coming in 2017. Ah, uh, right, yeah. So, like, you should kind of wait around for that. But I guess they want you to buy both. So, <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that the PlayStation has one up them because yeah. the PlayStation is going to come out before the Xbox, mm-hmm. the new, the new yeah, one. The new oh, okay. set so, for launch in uh, September. So, so if you're looking into 4K gaming, if you're looking into high spec console gaming, when I say high spec, I really do mean. High spec in, inverted, inverted, um, <laughs> inverted commas. Um, you know, being someone PC master race is kind of <laughs> different. But um, no, and then, and then they're going to take all that VR crowd as well with them. Yeah. Um, and as you said, with the PlayStation VR, you can get it quite soon, and you know, and you it's can readily available and now. readily yeah, and and you can and you play on all the Playstations, and you can port it onto the new one. It's a win-win. So, whereas the Xbox is going to come um, out later. Has Microsoft not said anything about a VR headset for the Xbox? No, I remember yeah. I mean, Oculus they're... announced something about a um, a theatre mode for the Xbox One, so that you could oh, play yeah. your Xbox One games on like a virtual theatre screen in okay. like your own personal theatre if you didn't have a lot of space in like your a, bedroom, like playing on a cinema screen. Or yeah. something. It's yeah, like yeah. pretending you had a cinema room, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. but beyond that, I haven't really heard a lot. There was a couple of rumours at one stage, but they've kind of died out, and nothing's. Been it's said. just weird because. They've got the HoloLens, yeah. which is their like augmented reality yeah, yeah. headset, which seems to be for all sorts of uses. It's pretty cool. Although it's still, it's still kind of you know. Let's get Pokemon Go on it's, it. Yeah, <laughs> it's still far from a consumer product. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, I'd be surprised if they weren't working on some like kind of you know a smaller, cheaper, more consumery you know gaming version of yeah. the HoloLens yeah. for the Xbox. 
Maybe they, so. maybe they have just kept it really secret, but maybe it will launch alongside the Scorpio. That but, seems an odd thing but, to do that, these days. Yeah, that was especially with you know competition so fierce with the PlayStation. Mm. They would want to leak that. My my take was that Microsoft's business strategy right now is to release a Scorpio alongside the Hololens, which will be updated for consumers, and then couple that with Xbox Play Anywhere with the integration with Windows 10. In theory, you've got the best gaming solution that you could think of, the best complete gaming solution. That's the way they would phrase it, because you can play on your Windows PC, you can play on your Xbox, and you can play VR, all one, and you can play simultaneously. So it's yeah. it's just, if you think of it that way, it, that's maybe, that's why they're, they're delaying the, the Scorpio launch, maybe. because the specs are out there. You're definitely right, that the Xbox Play Anywhere is a, is a huge feature. I just don't think Microsoft's that good at get, communicating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The PlayStation yeah. message is so simple. It's mm-hmm. just buy a game. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've had to write articles explaining what How Xbox Play and, Anywhere yeah. is and, yeah. you know, gaming across different platforms. It's kind of, for most consumers, can't get their head around it. So anyway. Uh, so I know, no, it's shaping up to be an interesting battle. I think, I think you guys have kind of decided who's already won here. <laughs> but we'll check back in on it, definitely, in the, in the next few weeks on the pod. Um, September time for the PS and the Yeah, end? that's what I suggested. September, October should be out. Okay, sweet, cool. Well, you heard it here first, obviously, listener. Um, and with that, I'm just going to quickly go around the room. Uh, PlayStation for the nation, or Sony, yet so far? <laughs> for the nation, it's amazing. <laughs> That was Christopher Nassins, Lewis Painter. PlayStation for the nation, of course. Chris Martin. <laughs> I've never owned a PlayStation, but PlayStation for oh. the nation. No one said my favourite pun of the day. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, and with that, thank you, listener, for dining at this edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. As ever, please do get in touch to let us know what you thought of all that and to shake us down for cash, or indeed, if you're interested in advertising. You can tweet us at, uh, at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We'll be back next week, as ever, with more informed opinion on the top tech topics of the past seven days. Whichever way you've ended up here, please know that you can also listen to us via iTunes, SoundCloud, Embedded Online, or InBed Offline. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends, <laughs> and what a veritable ear feast you've just cropped a load of. And thank you. Until next time, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.